This is iFanboy Pick of the Week, number 826, brought to you by iFanboy listeners, just like you, who are honestly some of the best people we've ever met. You shake my nerves and you rattle my brain. Too much love drives a man insane. You broke my will, but what a thrill. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. I let you love for the part of this morning. You came along and you my honey. I've changed my mind. This world is fine. And the rape is just great balls of fire. Kisses the baby. Hello, welcome to iFanboy Pick of the Week, episode 826. Numbers have no meaning. I am Josh Flanagan. I'm here with my co-host, Connor Kilpatrick. Hello, Josh. Did I upset you? No. Just, <laughs> Hello, oh. Josh. Hello, Josh. Oh, we're, we're meeting uh, across a table on a court uh, <laughs> deposition. I'm going to tell you why we're here, why we're all here today. We are iFanboy. <laughs> the way it works is this. Every week, one of us picks the book they like the best from their stack of comic books. They call that the pick of the week. It's, there's a lot of picking involved. Mm-hmm. That's the best book for them. For them, it is. Mm-hmm. For them. Might not be for Personal you. Choice. It's a subjective thing, but our opinions are qualified. We talk about that book. We talk about other books from the week. We talk about the patron pick. What is that? I guess you'll have to wait to find out. And we will answer some listener mail if we have time. You know, we're all struggling through it. I hope you enjoy this hour and change. <laughs> Who am I kidding? <laughs> As a respite, because we certainly will. There will be spoilers. Hopefully that doesn't impact your enjoyment of things. Hopefully you're like, this show is great. And then they talked about what happened. Because you should have known. You should yeah. you should have known. Okay? Connor, you had the pick. I did. As you were talking, I was looking at the cover of The Flash, number 781, which was the pick of the week. And I couldn't help but note that The Flash is super happy for a guy with no genitals. We're going to go to the videotape. He's just happy. Despite the oh. fact that he's he's a Ken doll down there. He certainly is. Even Kendall has a lump. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Kid Flash, too. But he's less happy on the cover. Anyway. They also have extremely long torsos. Yeah, well, people do. People do. Interesting. After that Batman penis thing, no one wanted to take the... Uh... It's just anti-penis. No, the, yeah. not even a lump. Not even a... Nothing. I had a really hard time this week. I had three books that I loved... And after I read each one, I was like, I think that's the pick of the week. And I actually did something I hardly ever do, which is I went back and I reread them after I was done reading. All of them? All three that I was choosing between because I was like, I don't know what to do here. And I really kept going back and forth and I could make a case very easily for any one of the three. But at the end of the day, I chose The Flash 781, like I just talked about, written by Jeremy Adams, drawn by Fernando Passarin, Jeremy Cox, and Peter Pantazis on colors and Rob Lee on letters. For a lot of reasons, this was a really terrific single-issue story of Wally trying to bond with other Wally. Wallace. But he calls him Ace, which I thought was very funny. (laughs) That's a new thing. That's like the new Rick Grayson. Like, this is stupid. What do we do here? We can't have both Flashes be named Wally West. So, I haven't seen this in the other book. He's calling him Ace which Wallace hates, but whatever. It's all stupid. One minor criticism right off the bat is that the story opens with the Kid Flash taking a math test at Titans Academy. But since I don't read Titans Academy, don't know anything about it, it could have used a little caption box in the first panel saying Titans Academy. I was like, where are we? Are they in prison? Why are they in a disused warehouse or mill? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's an old tractor factory. Is Roy always have the cap? 
I guess so. Because that's not like that doesn't make sense for superheroicing. No, I don't. I don't like it. But they, they just couldn't give us some context because I just didn't know what the hell was going on. It took a couple sure. of pages. One caption box solves that problem. So anyway, Wally West shows up and 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 leaves him a super fast note saying, "Hey, ditch you on this test and let's go have an adventure." And Wallace is grumpy. I don't know why Wallace is grumpy, and I'm just gonna call him Ace because this is because I can't I can't do this. It's so fucking stupid. I don't know why Ace is grumpy. I don't know why he's angry. He doesn't really appear in any comics I read, so I don't know much about why he, this is the way this is going on. But I really loved the little details of this book, and that's ultimately why this was the pick. I love the idea that Wally has friends all over the world. Mm-hmm. Because he's constantly running places, and like his favorite gelato place in Argentina, or not gelato, but what is this? Uh, it's ice cream. Ice cream, gelato. He's got a gelato place in Argentina, and he knows the owners and their buddies. And I like the idea that he's, you know, he has these little lives all over the place that he can have because he's the Flash. Yeah. He can run any, anywhere. Can we just point out though that like the story is that they're closing this ice cream place? Yeah, and that's just like. I'm like, well, maybe a bit happier story. Like, he loves these people. It's great. They have to close their store. Why? I just I feel like we've lost. I've, there are several, as I look through this, there are several things that I feel that I could nitpick on. Now, I enjoyed reading it. I didn't notice any of them when I read it. But your pointing out the cover anatomy issue has really put me on a tear as I look through this. So you continue, and then we'll see if I still have it in me. There was another funny bit where they're running around, and, they're, and he's trying to show Ace how... The flashes are the, they're the sort of the men on the ground. You know, Superman's got Metropolis and Gotham has Batman, and and they have Central City and Keystone City, but also they can be anywhere. So he's like, we're we're really like the the superhero that is most often associated with people. Like that one people most encounter is us because we we can be everywhere. So you know, the, he he takes them around the world to Bialya, and I don't know what they're doing there. I don't know what that thing coming out of the ground is. It's a, is it they're, water? They're, they're tunneling to water. It doesn't look like water coming out of the ground. Well, I just don't know what that drawing a, is. Well, there's a like that's the um, improvised well version of Nightwing eating pizza. <laughs> well, we're going like, to get that. That's again. the best they could do. We're going to get to that in a minute. And then helping out farmers and Melinia and Nanda Parbat, they're fighting ninjas. But then. You know, Wally West stops abruptly somewhere in like the the swamps, and what's going on? And it's it's the the Dome of Doom, you know, for the Legion of Doom, that that awesome retro designed, you know, base for the Legion of Doom. And he says he's constantly running across it being built, and he's just constantly taking it apart. I thought that was a funny bit. Like he's just constantly fucking with it, so that they don't know it's being fucked with until it's too late, and they have to start all over. And I thought that was smart and funny. And it was just constantly little, little things like that where. Wally's trying to show Wallace what it means to be a Flash, what it means to be a Kid Flash, all the things you have to do. Now, at one point, they stop in Chicago, and I wasn't, I didn't want to have this conversation again. However, well, I, I mean, what else is this show for? But they keep forcing it. Mm-hmm. So let me get to the page because I, I, here we go. So they're in Chicago. Oh my God, I just saw it. Well, there's several things that are wrong with this scenario. So, they're walking on the street, and Wally says, last stop, Chicago, best pizza in the world. Chicago just knows how to do it. And, okay, putting aside that terrible opinion, it's not deep dish that they're showing here. They're yeah. just showing regular pizza. 
there's regular thin crust pizza in Chicago, but that's not what they're known for. No. And so either Wally's an idiot and doesn't know that, or this is an art mistake that the editorial didn't catch again. Well, I, there's a there's a couple here. And then he's holding the pizza with his fingertips. Yep. He's balancing the, the slice on his fingertips as he holds that's, it. There's all sorts of reasons that's wrong. Has no comic artist ever held a slice of pizza in their lives? You have to wrap the digits around the top bit of the crust, and then the thumb... If you're going one-handed, then the thumb has to support the weight of it. But you have to at That's, least hold it. He's balancing it on fingertips. Yeah. And it's a, it looks like a floppy pizza. Right. Furthermore, I would, I would take issue with his method of holding the box. Oh, yeah. Well, I've seen people hold that, box like that, but yeah, but not, not yeah, while it's but open gonna, like that. Not while that's going like to get, that. right. That's yeah. going to get grease on your clothing at the least. Yeah. Two, that, you don't know the tensile strength of that box, although he did fold the end around, which would add to that, but I just feel like that's an easy way to drop why, it. And why would you walk around with the box open? Like, all you're doing is letting all the heat out and the pizza's getting cold. Yeah. And also, yeah. Just, it must be said, deep dish pizza is not actually pizza, but let's move on. It's a lot. It's, I it's don't a delicious. Get into it. Delicious, delicious casserole, but it's not a pizza. <laughs> I don't want to get into this <laughs> because people feel too strong. It's like it's like politics. We can't. I'm listen. I'm with you, but this isn't. This is. You know what? This isn't the place for that. We can't. I just got to this page and I was like, "Oh come on!" Like it's now. It's every week in DC. Every week, a character's eating pizza. And we got it was all right last week with the um it was in She Hulk, so Marvel got it last week, but every week in a DC book someone's eating a pizza wrong. And I don't understand what's going on. The at the same time, there's been a lot of pizza in comic books lately. <laughs> there has been, yes. Or we wouldn't have been able to notice this. Exactly. So what's that about? I love that this was a little one shot. This wasn't part three of six, this wasn't part two of seven, this was just one issue in between Arcs, and I didn't like the last arc. In fact, I was like, oh, man, I don't, I don't enjoy this at all. And partially it's because they, the, the arc was so involved in, with the kids and, and the family, which I, I still don't like. I, I still don't think it's a good idea. But this issue, as the two Flashes bond and Wally tries to teach Wallace or Ace the importance of the Flashes and not to be so hung up on Barry being aloof and to just enjoy you know, life as best you can and be his Kid Flash. I thought it was really terrific. It was inches above the other books only because I thought the little touches were nice. Right. And I also like the fact that these two are family. Yeah. You know, they're related. You know, Roy isn't related to Ollie, and Gar was not related to Arthur, and Dick was not related to Bruce. These two are actually family. And that is a nice, subtle touch that makes sense for the Flashes. The Flash book's mm-hmm. always about the Flash family of characters and the Rogue's family and how he has a different relationship with his villains. So it makes sense that his psychic would be an actual family member in The Flash. Sure. So let's leave aside the fact that now I'm obsessed with the fact that none of these characters have genitals. <laughs> and it makes me wonder, is this always happening in books and I have chosen to just not see it? But now that I am It's just really it, prominent on the cover. Like it's just it is flat. Not, it's, it, the art on the inside is very related to the art on, on the outside. Like, there's a bit where they're eating the ice cream. Let's say page... Helado. Yeah, whatever. I'm going to keep saying ice cream, so deal with that. Uh, page 12. Mm-hmm. And they're eating ice cream, and it's just two men in skin-tight stuff. You know, yeah. you know, Wallace is... It's a problem. I, yeah. I, want, I mean, it's, I understand, like, you can't draw giant, bulgy, hulking penis. 
right. lump. It, I get it, but you know there has to be some nod to anatomy. Right. All right, I'll take it. One other thing. Yeah. One other thing. We're looking at page uh, 13, next page, the one you're looking at. Uh-huh. Have Wally's ear things... Yeah, those are bad. Yeah. Have those always been Starship Enterprise uh, thrusters? <laughs> They're really bad, and they yeah. stick way out. I-, I just know that I walk around my house... You know, uh, so back to page uh, 11, you go back there and see how far they stick out. Those are getting hooked on everything. It's not, they're not drawn consistently, at least in terms of, are they longer in the front? Or are they longer in the back? They should be longer in the back. Yeah, they're bad, though. They're bad. They're like bad. Like that right there, that big hook on the front, like I would be hooking it constantly. Yeah. Well, I, I'm constantly hooking my... Just walking around my normal life. My belt loop on things, as opposed to... Mm-hmm. My head hooks, but I actually don't mind the costume. I don't mind the nose cover as drawn in the next book we're going to talk about. I don't like how it's drawn in this book, where it's like really tight on the nose and you see every detail of the nose. I think that's yeah. not a good look. I'm only here to talk about the practicality of those ridiculous earwing things. <laughs> and then, so are those connected to the fabric? Because you're blind half the time if that's happening. In a fighting situation, it doesn't, it doesn't uh-huh. work. I I will say I really like there's a little bit of math in here of like, listen, we would patrol Keystone City and right. I'd be done in 10 minutes. And I was like, that's, that's brilliant. That's right. what, and you'd have, a, you'd have a lot of downtime. You know, never think of it that way. But then he also complains that he doesn't have any time because he's got the kids and everything. And I said, make up your mind, dude. Yeah. There's one part though. He makes fun of math mm-hmm. because he's pulling him out of the math test. Yeah. And I was like, aren't you an engineer? I think sometimes writers have a hard time distinguishing between the characters and their own uh, right. internal jokes. Anyway, tiny nitpicks aside things, I, I just really liked the relationship between the characters. I liked how they looked at the Flash's world. I liked the dynamic of it. I liked Wally's secret international life. I liked the jokes. I thought this really worked really well. And I love that it was a one-shot issue, the kind we don't really get much anymore in these superhero books. That was really exploring the characters. I liked it. it was all Pizza right. aside. This is sort of a daisy chain. Like, one book's going to lead to the next book thematically. So, in, in Nightwing 91, by who knows, there was no credits page in this issue. <laughs> I assume Tom Taylor. But I can't be sure. I'm sure that's a safe bet. Seriously? No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Without a credits page, who, who could be sure? Right. right. I mean, obviously, probably. But, you know, I can't assume. It's not Redondo. No. I actually really like the way, like I said, the way Wally's drawn in this issue i like that the cowl is more batman-esque i think that works a lot better mm-hmm. than tight on the nose tight on the nose seems dumb anyway this was very close you know if this was like a horse race this was a nose behind the flash i finished this issue and i was sure i was like unless there's something amazing there's this has got to be your pick of the week because i finished it and i was like that was a great issue it was a great issue and it, it it featured a lot of the things i loved about flash you know it was the second part of this team up between wally and dick and, you know, there was a lot of really fun reversals here where they've captured the KG Beast and stopped his plan. And they're all pissed off because KG Beast is the one that shot Dick Grayson all, all those issues ago and gave him amnesia and turned him into Rick Grayson and all that dumb stuff. And I like the bit where he's like, he presses the remote control. He's like, there's a bomb set to go off somewhere in Gotham. You'll never find it. Ha, 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 ha. And then Dick just looks in his car and says, okay, it's the Gotham Library because of these three things. And then they go off and get it. And then... You know, he takes off his mask. He's like, what are you going to do to me? He's like, I'm just going to lock your phone. Like, there's all these things where they, they sort of build up a thing, and it's, like, very mundane. 
I like those reversals. And I love the relationship between Wally and Dick. It's a fun best friend relationship. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I like the bit about, it's just a bit where, you know, like you've been doing this forever and the most you have is the fireman carry or the piggyback. <laughs> you haven't figured a better way to do this. And I was like, there's only a couple of writers who can get away with that stuff. Yeah. And, and like Tom Taylor, he knows, he knows the land. So he can say that because otherwise it's, it's usurpers coming to me like, this is stupid. He's not doing that. So it's okay. Like, if it's your first book with DC, you can't come in and make fun of the classic stuff. You have to wait right. till later. Right. And I like that he's had a lot of guest stars in this book, so he gets to do that stuff that was so good in Deceased and yes. in Injustice as well, which is the characters interacting with each other, which is harder in a solo book. So you have, you know, Barbara's a main character in the book, but then you, you've had Jonathan Kent, and you've and then here you've got Wally, and you've had the Teen Titans in various forms, and they show up again here where they help Dick dismantle this assassin's ring. So it, it, it just keeps him plugged in, and so does Superboy. It keeps him plugged into this larger DC world, and it keeps him a sort of a, a linchpin point to that, which I like. Also, it's two costumes that are drawn in such a way to allow you to have a certain measure of believability and disbelief about where superhero junk goes. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> is that what this show is going to be this about is, now? Uh, this is your, it's your fault. But if you look, they've yep. drawn it slightly looser, you got a spot for your imagination on all these costumes, and I think that that works out pretty well. Page 10, Wally's got a little bit of, just a slight bit of a hint of a bump, you know? That's what a man loves to hear, a slight <laughs> hint of a bump there. It's, it's better than oh, yeah, nothing. There it is. Although on page... It's true. Six, he's got nothing. So, right. you know, what are you going to do? Maybe he's wearing really, really, really tight compression shorts. I mean, that makes sense. You don't mm-hmm. want any floppage. Right. I do think if I, was to, if I was to shine my light of disbelief on anything, mm-hmm. it would be that, and I'm, this isn't a real complaint. If I was, though, they very quickly discovered and dispatched a seemingly extremely important character in the DC universe who commands all of the assassins. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, that's... That's uh, that's fortunate for them, because you'd think that if this character was so important to mm-hmm. command all of the assassins, Batman might have figured this out at some point. Well, maybe. Fair enough. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I kind of like the idea that it was just this big assassin mastermind that no one had ever heard of before, and they just took them out very quickly as soon as they found out. Sure. But maybe not. I don't know. I, I think it was less important. That was sort of less important as it was how these two guys interact with each other, how much they care for each other. I like the idea that Flash is constantly checking on Dick, you know, without Dick knowing, just to make sure mm-hmm. ever since he's been targeted for assassination. It's you know, sweet. just little touches like that are, are nice. Sure. And it, that's a little weird. They acknowledge it's weird, you know? It's sweet. But it's sweet as well. It's sweet. It's very sweet. It's nice and sweet. And then the third book, which, again, could have been easily been pick of the week, was Batman Superman World's Finest number two. I was like, well... Here we go again. You're going to hear about this book a lot the show. This is the book made for me, Mark Wade and Dan Mora. We continue our adventures from the first issue in which Superman's been infected with kryptonite in his blood and the metal men who I erroneously called... No, I did it again. Fuck. Doom Patrol. I keep looking at Cliff and seeing robots. Doom Patrol, yes. who, I, who I erroneously called metal men twice now, have to do surgery on Superman. It's a little disturbing seeing Superman's chest pulled open like that. But then I always find surgery disturbing. As we've discussed, I've been watching... Uh, ER. I've been watching ER, and I, I still I can't watch the invasive portions. Right. 
even though it's fake. Like I can't do open heart surgery uh, stuff. It just looks like spaghetti in there. How do they know how anything works? They quiz each other constantly, apparently. <laughs> you know, they find out it's got to do with this whole old sword, this old mystic character. It's just an excuse to team up with all these different people. Supergirl gets involved. Supergirl and Robin have some sort of history. They're not happy with each other right now. That was fun. Yeah, what was that about? They must have gone on a date because she was not flirting with the waiter. Hmm. I thought I was missing something, but... Sure. No, this is just new for the thing. This is sort of out of continuity. Okay, that's fine. They just thought it was great. Dan Moore is terrific. Everything we loved about the first issue, I loved again about the second issue. I liked it. I liked it probably better than I liked the first issue. Not that I didn't like the first mm-hmm. issue, but... I think there was enough wacky shit here. Yeah. Like, having Doom Patrol in there, I thought was a really interesting touch. Having this weird mystic, you know, is it like sort of a vaguely pan-Asian sort of story going on in the background, and then having Felix Faust show up, and just, it was a bunch of stuff. You know, yeah. Like, and, and the solution of Batman and Superman having to fight with a, a magic character is fun. Yeah, and Superman's like, ah, oh, fuck magic. <laughs> you know, Mark Wade has... We talked about this last time with the first issue. Mark Wade's been in the wilderness for a long time. He's back and he's just like throwing all of his DC into the pot. Yeah. He's like, if you forgot, I know it all. Here it is. Yeah. It's bottomless, his DC yeah. knowledge. And they give him a really classic, awesome superhero artist. And he's telling a sort of timeless DC story that you don't have to worry about where does this fit? When did this happen? It's timeless. Mm-hmm. And I love that it's about fun. it. It's a good time. Yeah. I know that when I look at that cover, I'm going to have something that I'm not going to have to struggle with very much. And even to that extent, like, I didn't remember where we left off. And I thought, is this a continuation from the last issue? And then I very quickly thought, who cares? It doesn't matter. <laughs> Superman's hurt. He's on an operating table. Yeah. The Doom Patrol are going to fix him. You could pick this issue up and fine. You don't need to know anything. 100%. You don't need to know any of that. And that's a very calming and soothing version of comic book making to me. And why? Because Mark Waid's a pro. Right, and it's but it's not it's right in the it's you know arrive late, leave early. That's yep. you know that's a very good storytelling rule, and uh, he knows those. Did you read Captain America Zero? I did, and as I flip my way to it, I should point out that as you ask that, I have no recollection of it at all. <laughs> okay, now I'm remembering it, and I'm sticking by my earlier statement. This is the zero issue that's going to be kicking off. The two Captain America books coming out, because now we've got two Captains in America, just like two Flashes and two Wonder Girls and two Spider-Man and two and two and two and If two. there were two Batman-type character, would they be Batsmen? Batsmen. Yeah, I, I would say that. Yeah. Batmans? Bat, I think Bat, that's correct. Batsmen. Batsmen. So the, the, this is written by Tochi Anya Bucci, who is going to be writing the Captain America Falcon book, and Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly, who wrote Kang, who will be writing the Steve Rogers book. The art was by Mattia de Ulis, with painted style. I didn't love it, but there was some parts that I liked. I thought the art was very strong, and I didn't like it at all. Like, just from a subjective standpoint, right. like, it didn't work for me and i also think that it looked really close to being good but i think that the coloring was a problem because the coloring took away from i don't know it was like an alex ross impersonation there was one point where i think it's oh yeah i found it right here it's page six where steve looks like he's 85 years old 
behind the mask. He's got like a hundred crow's feet and wrinkles. And I was like, what? Yeah. And also in this book, I want to point out the other ones, there was a lack of uh, crotch. And in this one, a giant purple space penis uh, <laughs> goes into the sky. <laughs> Quite a bit of it. I don't, I don't want to, I'm not like ragging on this book because it was fine. It was a fine story. You know, Cap and other Cap fight Arlen Zola and, and then some other stuff happens. Was and, it? It was fine. It wasn't, though. It wasn't even a story, though. It wasn't a story. Yeah. I mean, it's a battle. It just was It was them doing some shit and being like, we're awesome. No, we're awesome. High five, pal. All right, we did it. That's true. It was dumb. It was pointless. It told me nothing. Other than to say, these are the two Captain Americas now. There was no drama in it. There sorry. was no danger. Captain's America. There was no revelation. It just was a thing that happened. And I will not give it any credit. Yeah, that's fine. And that's also fair. I don't... It's a zero. That's what a zero issue is. A zero yeah, issue is almost always pointless. It's not meant to actually kick off their books. Like, this story, this story is not continuing to their books. It's more of establishing, hey, these are the characters. I just think it's dumb. I hate that the fact that because Chris Evans is not Captain America anymore, now we have two Captain Americas in the comic. Cap- damn it, Captain America. And again, this is the same problem I had when this happened before. I love Falcon. I love Sam. Sam is a great character. Now he's not Falcon anymore, and now he's lesser Cap. He's always going to be lesser Cap. Yes. Now you've gotten rid of a great character, and you made him lesser. He did have his own identity. Right. This is not the movies where there's only one Captain America. This is a comic where there are two. And so by definition, one will be lesser than the other, and the one who's lesser is the new one, because he's not the classic one. And because of that, like the problem that you're saying here, you do not have with the MCU version at all. Right. That one, I get it. Steve's gone. He's moved on. He's got a yep. story. The actor's gone. Whatever. Be Captain America there. It's awesome. That was yep. a great miniseries. This is Cake and Eat It 2 time. Right. It's the same problem. Two Wally Wests. Yeah. Miles Morales. Unless you establish a new identity, they're just going to be lesser. Yeah. And it's dumb. I'll read a Falcon book. I'll read a Falcon book all day long. You know, I'm not going to read his Captain America book. Mm-hmm. I can't support it. Can't have it. Can't have it. I'm not super psyched for the... Steve Rogers' book for some reason. Maybe it's just because they're having two caps. I'm going to read it. I, you know, obviously we loved Kang, so I'll give those guys a chance. Sure. I'm not either, though. And I, and I could be off for a bit because this wasn't great. And then it's weird because there was the, what was the United States of Captain America or whatever it was? Yes. And well, so what was that for? I don't know. <laughs> they were referenced here, though. I was like, maybe that's going to lead into this Captain America, but it's not It's not the same. I don't know. Captain America is starting to be a problem. It's, it's, it seems to me it's like, it's, I'm trying to find a way to say this. It's not going to get us in trouble. It's a problem in the same way that Superman is a problem. They just can't let Captain America be a hero. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, they have to make him out of touch with the times. He's got to be torn down because... Most comic creators are of a particular political persuasion, and that particular persuasion sometimes feels the need to tear down patriotic symbols. Sure. And it's like, just let Captain America be Captain America. If you can't handle it, get someone else to do it. I think there's a way to do it, though. Yeah, of course there is. And I think that there's a way to do it. I mean, on, you know, if you're it worked in the movies. If, it didn't, they didn't need to tear yes. him down in the movies. He's the most upstanding, moral, righteous man in the in, in history of cinema, and people loved it, of all persuasions. And without... Ignoring the fact that he does exist in a political world. Like, you can mm-hmm. have... Of course you can. Of course you can. Conflict, you can have that be 
a segment of it, but not to the point where it's tricky. I mean, it really is tricky because if we're constantly, if we're in the world right now and we are examining the idea about what America is and what its value is, and then you've got this character who's literally a symbol of that thing. But I always like it when we go towards the idea of, you know, yes, all those things are true, but of in the middle of it, Steve Rogers is the best of that. Mm -hmm. You strip away all of that crap that has you know been glommed onto democracy and is ruining everything and you say well what what's the what's the intention in the middle what's that now there's an argument to be had about all of that but is the captain america comic book the place to have that argument no is what you're saying and i think that i agree with you no i'm not saying you can't have the argument i'm saying but i'm saying don't don't diminish the character in the midst of the argument because he's not the problem Right, He's the, the solution. exclusion of everything else, right? But but if you if you try to make him the problem, right, which That's is what's been yes. happening, yes. instead of making him part of the solution, like right. from the inside, then yeah, I think so. But yeah, it's a story where Captain America is cloned or whatever he was, uh, you know, a different Captain America is evil, and then the world hates him, right? Yeah, you know, it's tough. Like, but it, but when I said it's like Superman. It's the same thing as that people have had a really hard time just telling a Superman story about a good a person, good person in the middle the right of thing. madness. This is yeah. weird. You think people would want that? I would say that it is somewhat antithetical with the sort of drama that people want to make, and the characters weren't made from that. The characters are made from a little more actually like Captain America Zero. It was just like, throw him against some shit, have him win, feel good, you know? Mm-hmm. So somewhere in the middle is the answer. They were really sweaty in this issue. I noticed. Like, really sweaty. Yeah, I mean, which they should be, but... They were fighting in a sauna. Yep. Plus, they got, plus they got their, their nuts all trussed up. So. I'd also like to point out that. <laughs> this is the episode where we just point out dumb stuff. This is not a big deal, but, like, at the end, they're floating in the water after they crash land in, in the river. These guys have 0% body fat, and they're also holding giant heavy shields. They'd sink to the fucking bottom of that river. <laughs> they would not float. I don't think you're wrong. I don't think you're wrong. But maybe their suits have... <laughs> floating technology in them. Yeah, float technology. That's it. Anti-bulge pro-floating technology. <laughs> it's a Stark design. <laughs> it's unstable anti-bulge particles. <laughs> it's unstable anti-bulge particles. <laughs> that's, that's why there's no bulge. It's pin particles. Meanwhile, you got Flash's wings sticking out like... Uh, <laughs> Like Picard's on a race. <laughs> and uh, it's just nothing, nothing makes sense. Nothing matters. Yeah. None, none of this matters, Connor. Nope. It's important to point out. Yep. Go back to the, the iFanboy Prime Directive. <laughs> hey, this is a good segue <laughs> to talk about how to help the show. <laughs> I was like, I wanted to build on it. And I was like, I don't know what I have. I think you just said all there was to say, Josh. Mm-hmm. So if you're... Okay, so there's two kinds of people. Just pro-bulge and anti-bulge. <laughs> well, that's probably true. Yeah. There's the kind of people who have listened to the previous 30 minutes or so and thought, that's exactly what, what I What am I want. doing with my time? Right. Well, that's the other kind. If you're the kind of person who's like, this pizza thing matters, and we're not spending enough time on it. And then now we've brought the bulge to the forefront, unlike the comic books. <laughs> <laughs> and you're thinking, this is my kind of thing, and I want to make sure that I'm uh, I'm helping keep this around. Well, that's what iFanboy is here to tell you about. So patreon.com slash iFanboy is our Patreon. 
page <laughs> portal. You can directly support the show. There are goals and things that have, we're doing shows constantly now, and that's all oh, because yeah. of the patrons. The iFanboy video shows have mostly all been uploaded, and we're almost done with the minis. You know, that's all because of the patrons. Uh, you know, those are really like direct things. And that helps Connor and I and Ryan and, and the folks who come on the show support ourselves while we're making all the time to do these things. Yeah, it's a lot of time. It takes a lot of time to do all this stuff. It's It really is an enormous... I I was thinking of this like a hobby at one point, and then recently I was like, oh, no, this is like if I drove Uber on the weekends. Mm-hmm. This is what that is. I was like, I have a, it's my second job. And it yeah. isn't like... It's not just this hour. We no, do a week. God, no. It's much more than that. It's mm-hmm. usually several nights a week. So uh, you guys really help make that possible because that, that's a real commitment. And we, we love to make it, so we'd like to be able to. There's ifanboy.feathers.com where there are 12 designs for T-shirts and other items and things you can put them on. Really cool ones. I would love to see images of you know people getting the skateboards or, or, or the shower curtains. Or people send in photos all the time. I like to see them when they do, so I keep doing it. It's fine. Yeah, I really do. I do appreciate that. So there's 12 designs there. There will be more at some point, but we're really happy with what is there, including our newest, uh, gosh, good old superheroes design, which uh, it just makes me proud that uh, we had anything to do with that cool thing. You can go to ifanboy.com slash support, where there's just a link for PayPal if you just want to, you know, tax time has come and gone. Right. This is important. We are not a nonprofit 501. No, 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 no. You do not get any tax benefit for donating to us. I'm guessing that if you have the kind of money to throw out seven, eight, I mean, let's, seven, eight figures. Let's not be, yeah, you know, to uh, to a couple of couple of jokes with a podcast. <laughs> your 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 tax lawyers are gonna be able to find out some sort of benefit yeah. for you. There's got to be a loophole you're aware of that we're not aware yeah. of. Yeah, I mean, if nothing else, that money could help establish us in some way that you could then make it a tax loophole. Like it's, right. I I just don't think that's hard. Who knows when your fiscal year ends and when it begins? This is it could all be different. Don't let that stop you from doing something monumentally stupid that would change <laughs> oh, no, don't. my life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, don't do that. For the better. Who's gonna let this pizza bulge as you stand if you don't intervene? <laughs> exactly. We can't let it fall to the wayside. We can't let these guys keep going. This there's a lot going on, but this is roots, this is foundational stuff. Right. We can't let this pass. People draw on pizza like they've never seen a pizza slice before. Like it's These a new thing in the have world. Genitals. Yes. Wally had kids somehow. There has to be some way to show that without making everyone uncomfortable. <laughs> yes. Because I'm uncomfortable ground. the fact that we're not showing it. There's a middle ground. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is the best and worst show we've done all at the same time. Go to ifamo.com slash Amazon. That is that's true. This is terrible and fantastic. <laughs> You can find links to buy books that we talk about on our books below. You can find um, you always find a link to the pick of the week and uh, the music that we use on the show uh, on ifanbo.com and just a general link if you are going to buy stuff for the house, like my series M garbage bags for the simple human trash bag that uh, hmm. that we nice. have to get specifically from. The- oh man, yeah, I'm saying nice if you're going to make the investment, get the good trash can. We went through about eight of them before. I was like, can we just buy the real one? And it, it's been a revelation. Before we moved, we had this uh, motion sensor trash cans. Oh, that seems like it could be problematic. They were all right. I mean, they were, in a, they were inside a closet, so you open the closet door and you just waved over it and they opened up. But our new place has like these built-in trash cans, so we had to get rid of the motion sensor ones. But for a while, we had to buy the special garbage bags for the motion sensor trash cans. My dogs would figure out the motion sensor one. Uh, yeah. No good. <laughs> and then finally, this bookshop.org. Look into it, but it uh, helps out local bookstores. So you can find, if you want to buy a book... Uh, and you don't want to maybe use the one that we just talked about, 
um, it's going to pair you up with local bookstores to be able to get your books uh, in the same exact convenient way. But you're helping an extremely important group of uh, businesses that shape our culture in ways that we do not appreciate. We do not want them to go anywhere. I want to talk about the Avengers 755, Jason Aaron, Javier Garon. I spent half the tissue going, what the fuck is going on? I spent the other half going, oh, I kind of like that, which I think has been happening mm-hmm. with the last couple of these. And I think what happened was, and this, uh, this liter- literally happened. I was reading this book, and I was about halfway through it, and for some reason I thought, you know what? I really miss the old days of the Avengers where the membership was constantly changing, and it was fluid, and it was mm-hmm. membership drives, and people would come and go. And there was different dynamics to play with. And we've had this, the same team for so long. It's gotten kind of stale. And then it revealed that this is like a whole new team. They've been slowly changing it over. And I just hadn't been realizing that. And so by the end of it, we have a whole new team. Right. Not a whole new team, but Nighthawk from the Squadron Supreme, who's basically just Batman, joins. And you've already got Echo and Blade. And for some reason, Valkyrie's now on the team with Thor and Starbrand and Namor. Those are all new members. And I just hadn't really realized it so but it was funny because i literally had the thought mm-hmm. about the team needing a new lineup shake up and by the end they're all at a table with new members and new chairs and i was like oh shit it's a new team yeah and i thought that was fun by the end of it i was like oh this first of all they used to always just put it on the cover like we're doing a new team yeah you know so have it to be a surprise new team issue that was kind of fun yeah it'll be interesting to do something with this nighthawk character who is ridiculous you know, he's, he's an Batman. alternate world Batman yeah. who is a conservative black man who has like a Camaro with, with a symbol on the front and nobody really likes him. <laughs> they all made that very clear, but they were like, yeah, but you can be on the team. It's fine. And then you've got Namor and I don't know what he's pulling off right. to keep getting pulled into their good graces because he basically like he was straight up evil when right. he first showed up in Avengers. There was no it wasn't it wasn't the middle ground Namor. He was with oh, the bad yeah. guys. Now he's, he's they're cool with him again. And then Starbrand has gone from being a baby to being a terrifying child to an impetuous young woman mm-hmm. with like infinite power. So there's a lot of heavy hitters on this team. Well, and then Echo has need a the couple more Phoenix Hawkeye Force characters. She's Phoenix, yeah. That'd be the only complaint is the team is unbalanced. You know, you have Captain Marvel, Thor, and Valkyrie, and Starbrand, and Echo with the Phoenix Force, and Namor. You have Iron Man in the middle. So the Blade, the Blade is a you know vampire hunter. And he's Immortal. got a, a little man thing child on his shoulder, and then which is an elemental god force. So Cap and Nighthawk are sort, and Cap has got the super like the only one. Like, so those Cap and Nighthawk will be the depowered ones, right? It's a very heavy hitting team, top heavy. If you're reading the the tea leaves here, I mean, there's there's going to be some sort of big threat coming this way. Exactly, not Arnim Zola. Why doesn't Thor have a helmet anymore? Because uh, Chris Hemsworth didn't want to wear it. Everything's about yeah. the movies. I know. I know. But there yeah. we are. And then Starbrand has like a like an 80s... It's like Dazzler from the early 80s. It's very weird. I assume it's not Chris Hemsworth didn't want to wear it. I'm assuming they just didn't want to put a helmet on Chris Hemsworth. Which makes sense, but this is the comics, not the movies. Yeah. I agree with that. Alright, so this next book here is called Dark Beach Number 1. And I'm using this as just a, a little way to say, I do look through that last section of the previews when mm-hmm. I'm trying to find books to read. And most of the time, Connor, you're going to back me up here. Most of the time, it's all garbage. Yes. And I don't even mean to say that like, like, uh, like well, I don't think it looks very good. Like most yeah, of not, it really not looks not denigrating. Like yeah, like we've done our time in the trenches. Mm-hmm. 
we've read a lot of those books. We, we worked at Graphically. We, we would get those books submitted to us. And they're mostly yeah. not good. They're sometimes they're good, but they're mostly not good. But but I also really do believe that things will out. Like if there's a good book in there, it's going to stand out because there's no other good books in there. And a lot of it's like super subgenre, like weird sex manga. Like that's like half of it. And then you know just just like weird demons with bikinis on the covers. There's like half of those books. So I saw this <laughs> weird this, sex uh, manga, weird sex demons. Yeah, sex demons. And not like sexy stuff. Like if you if you were on like the train and the guy next to you pulled that book out, you would want to sit there. That kind right. of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I guess I'm, you. you know, I'm not kink shaming. You do your I've thing. I've been to Comic Con. It's creepy though. Yeah. Dark Beach number one. I read the solicit and I looked at the art and I thought, oh, it's, it's kind of interesting. I have no idea who these people are. It's from Behemoth Comics. I have no idea who that is. The creator is Michael J. Ruiz Unger with art by Sebastian Pires. Color by Ray Jones. Basically, the thing was, it's the year 25, whatever. There's no sun anymore because it, it burned out. The earth is drifting away from the sun. That's what the solicit yeah, says. Yeah, but there's like a a mystery going on. A girl was killed. You're trying to find out who she is. So it's, I don't know if noir is the right word, but there's a... There's so a it's a grounded crime story in the midst of this sci-fi scenario. Yeah, yeah. The cover's really good. The art was good. The cover yeah. was good. The art was good. The package looked professional. There was one bad lettering bit in here that, like, it was placed wrong, but whatever. And it was okay. I thought mm-hmm. the dialogue was really strong. I thought the art was really strong. The idea of it being in the sort of far-flung future was, did not come across because everybody looked like they do today. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, there was, like, there was a little tiki bar. They're in, you know, suits and whatever. There was nothing futuristic about the world they live in or how anybody looked at all. It was exactly the same. But it wasn't garbage. Right. <laughs> like, I know that that's... But it's worth saying. And it's, it's... I tried the thing, and I thought there was a lot in here that was good. And, you know, I don't know if anybody will end up reading this or finding this. I'm going to read the next one. It was two bucks to buy on the Kindle store. So it wasn't, like, a huge risk. It's not a $6 book or anything like that. But the quality definitely exceeded the level of most of those kinds of self-solicited books that I see in there. And I don't know why that is, but but a lot, most of it is not ready for prime time. And this was pretty close to ready for prime time. I don't think Image would have picked it up, but I wouldn't have been surprised to see this at Dark Horse. How were the demon sex characters? Were there any? There were, not so far, but there was a lady who was very pretty, and she had lacy underwear on, and she was found dead in the beginning, and she had some sort of like device on her head that everybody kept referring to as some kind of sex toy device thing, but it wasn't really clear what it was. Mm-hmm. I guess it's how you watch your porno in 400 years. Right. But she was a very pretty lady. But she so the question is, are you going to keep reading it? I think I might read the next one to see if they work it out. I don't. I think. I think it needs work, but at least, like it was the, they were on the precipice of making a quality independent comic book, and we just don't see that mm-hmm. outside of you know, Image and Dark Horse and Boom, and even then, right. The Good Asia number ten was the final issue from Porn Sock. I don't want to butcher it. Alexandra Tafengi, Lilo Ridge, Jeffel. Uh, you know, the first issue was Pick the Week. There were several g- really good issues in the middle. I completely lost the thread on this comic. Oh, man. I was like, what happened to I you? think they bit was... off more, more than they could chew with the mystery. Absolutely. 
this is the final issue. So they really like start laying out what happened. And I just like, I don't know who any of these people are. I've, I've lost who they are. Yeah. I've lost their relationships. I've lost the consequence of anything they're saying here. It's a bummer because I really did like the first couple. I just feel like they got too many characters, too many sub-mysteries, too many. It, it's hard to read that month to month when there's so much going on. Well, we've we referred to this sort of iconic moment in iFanboy past when we ordered pizza at San Diego. <laughs> And the lady got there, and she said, I thought there'd be more of you. And I feel like this is that pizza order. And it was, there was like... The joke was was we ordered way too much food, and she opened the door, and there were like four of us. And she was like, she literally said... (laughs) The joke on us is that we fucking ate it. We did eat it, because we were in our 20s. And it's interesting because uh, the writer was a was a, de- a vertigo editor, I think. Yeah, yeah, yep. And Will Dennis edits this book, although his version of editing is is probably not the kind that's going to really pick apart the story. But it was just too much. There was so much. Every page of this was a billion words, and two people explain what it. happened. It doesn't work in comic book form. He's got his book, and he wants to tell his story. Not, it's not only a, you know, a noir crime story. He's also telling the story of what it was like to be Asian in America in the 30s. And that was really interesting, and I think it got lost. That's right. the only thing I got out of this was that theme coming back again, and I thought that that was still very strong. But my point is there was so much he wanted to do, I think, because he finally got a chance to do it, that there was too much. You know, like you've you got to resist the urge to cram all of the things you want to say into the one book because it just overwhelmed the story. I was really disappointed because... It was something, and it just needed to be pruned down a lot. Like, not even just a little. Not like there was, there was way too much. Way, 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 way too much. This issue yeah. was just them trying to dig out at the end because they just dumped all of this story there and had to try to get rid of it. And it, I think it they extended this by two issues, even. Well, and even that, and I couldn't get over the fact, and I liked the art quite a bit from Alexandra mm-hmm. Tafengi, but the father character just looks like a young guy wearing a fake mustache and a wig nothing about him reads old other than he's got white hair but it just looks like a young guy with white hair and a mustache also in a book where many of the characters look the same and there's that's the problem is it's the 30s they're all just wearing brown suits right, right. and and uh you can kind of be like okay this is a this is one of the white guys these are the chinese people but there's not really a lot of indicators. And then they go and they take the face of the main guy and change that. And I was yeah. like, Although he was more recognizable than he had been prior to that. So It's tough. It's tough. It was tough. I, was, I was bummed out. I was like, oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what's going on here anymore. Real bummer of, of an information dump at the very end. You could look at any page in this and be like, oh, they're just plowing. Like, yeah. it, was, it was tough. And, I, you know, good try. I don't think, obviously, they didn't stick the landing. You do a story that complex you have to outline the shit out of it and you have to be ruthless with cutting out of it. it is not a novel it is not a movie it's a comic book and they come out in tiny little you know bits months apart it's not gonna work yeah i'm guessing even if i were to go read this in collected form i would still be at the end like slow down yeah yeah on the other side in terms of information dumps and i read these in this order uh was aerosmith beyond enemy lines number four I was behind. I don't know why I wrote Beyond. Uh, oh, okay. I was tired I last I was like, night. Behind Enemy Lines. Behind Enemy Lines number four, and there was a big information dump in this, but conversely, I was super interested. Yeah. It's a world that was created that is tickling everything that I'm enjoying about this kind of... It's like mixing World War One history with, <laughs> with fairy fantasy stuff. Hold and, on. I didn't even notice this. Page four. There's giant dongs in this book. 
Yeah, there is. I didn't even notice that when I first read it, but now we've been talking about it the whole time. Those wolfmen got it going on. Good for them. And that's just cold. (laughs) Yeah, good for them. (laughs) (laughs) Let you know they mean business, and they're not. They're not concerned about any of that shit. No, they'll let it flop around in the breeze. They're just letting it roll. I would say in that instance, you might want to try to, you know, try to wrap that stuff up because it's going to make you a little more efficient. Running around like that? Jeez. Slapping everywhere. <laughs> we did it. We just hit a new low. I don't know if you guys heard that. <laughs> that is the, I mean, if that's not the low point, it's tied it. Uh, what just happened? I, yeah. I, I, uh, I just, I, I finished the Good Asian and I was like, whoa. That that was that was rough, and then I went into Aerosmith, and I and you know again it was a lot of um, explication. There was a lot of you know just talk, talking about what it was, and I was totally into it. You know, it wasn't as dense as as the pages in the Good Asian, but um, you know this world, this guy. You know, I didn't even read the preceding series, but you know I'm I'm down, I'm in, and I really am starting to look forward to this one every every time it comes out. And I wasn't in love with the first issue; I wasn't sure. Yeah. But uh, it's really built up into a thing that I appreciate. Yeah, I like the reveal about the, was he a baron or something? The guy with the mustache. He's a bastard prince. He's a, oh, right, he's the bastard son of the king. So he's like, uh, I don't even remember the Game of Thrones characters anymore, but he's like that. So they gave him a baron. There was a time that I could have told you exactly who and why. And the they gave him a minor title, and he's got some power, because in this world, magic flows naturally through the royals. And sometimes appears in other people like this dude. Or there you was can another book that had that same... It was called The Royals, wasn't it? Maybe it was a Miller book, maybe? No. I think it was a book called The Royals where it was about... I don't, I, that sounds like right. But it's not, it's not a new idea. No. This is an utterly compelling book. And I think I just read recently that something happened to Carlos Pacheco. Like he got hurt or sick or something. Stay away from Kurt Busiek, man. <laughs> but the art's been terrific. Yes. This book is great. 100%. I, I really loved it. So those are the books we wanted to talk about, but if you go to patreon.com slash ifanboy, every patron of the show can vote to add a book to the rundown. And this week, the overwhelming winner was The Secret History of the War on Weed, the uh, one-shot special from Gary Duggan. Jerry Duggan. Jerry. I'm, uh, I'm off today. Brian Posehn, Scott Koblish, Hi-Fi, and Clayton Cowles. It came out on 420. Uh-huh. And... Uh, <sighs> How much do you appreciate Kyle Starks or Mark Russell after reading this? Yeah, it's just not my tone. You know, I'm sure no, no, there's no, an no. audience for this. It's not mine either. It w- no, yeah. I mean there is, but it's not looking for what you're looking for out of comic books. No, and there's really talented people who made this book. Jerry Duggan is really funny. He's Obviously, great. Bri- He's Brian Posehn is really funny. Scott yeah. Koblich is is the hidden hero here. I have no complaints about it. But it wasn't yeah. funny. It wasn't compelling, and it wasn't good. It wasn't clever. It read like some stoned people thought it was hilarious, but it wasn't. Like having a conversation with a really stoned person when you don't want to. Yeah, it was over the top. It's not actually the secret history of the war. We didn't, they say that right off the top. It says, the drug war was a racist prohibitionary catastrophe, like yada, yada. This is not that story, basically. Everything after this page is made up. So the, on the first page, we see, you know, sort of, you know, the drugs going from them being cultivated to sold to used. And then after that, we go into the, the Rambo story, which is what this basically is, where President Nancy Reagan needs her approval rating to go up, so she calls on her Rambo character, Scotch McTiernan. They named him after John McTiernan. 
yeah. <laughs> directed Die Hard. Which I thought was funny. Yes. To go after, well, first he kills a fucking giant alligator man. Like, it's just, like, I was two pages into it and I went, oh, no. The first page was promising. I thought it was going to be like a funny satire of yep. the war on drugs. And then I was like, oh, shit. This is not good. There are people who do books like these who do them better. And yeah. I, what I read, what I, what I really thought the whole time, I was like, if this was a Kyle Starks book, it would be hilarious. Because it's not far off in tone from what was the one that, with Fuck Tarkington? Yeah. Assassination or, <laughs> or, the, or the Stuntman one. Yeah. Or, you know, you know, Aubrey Citizen does this kind of thing better. Like, he's got books like this right now, but they're better than this. There were interesting ideas. Like, like so, Scotch McTiernan goes to kill these, I don't even remember any, who they were anymore. But they're Humboldt ends up, County pot farmers. Right. So, they capture him and they put a gas mask on him and they force him to smoke pot. And he's like, this is great. Why is anybody so mad about this? And he sort of joins their collective. I thought that was interesting. I thought the story was going to go off in an interesting place at that point. And then it just didn't. It just was a big fight, and it had a lot of bad puns. It wasn't clever. And at the end, it didn't offer anything, I think, that was very worthwhile. You know, you're right. What you said at the beginning, like, this is not my aesthetic. And it starts with that, but you can always get over that, given, mm-hmm. you know, quality. You know, Jerry Duggan is a hell of a comic book writer, and I think that it was only him that kept us on track at all. You know, that's been a a coherent story. But at the end of the day, I really was like, what did I read that for? It didn't make me laugh. It didn't tell me anything. And I know better comics that have this kind of tone. I've read many of them. Right. I mean, again, Aubrey Citizen does a bunch of this is like his genre. And I think his books are better than this, The Beef Bros. And and, um, I can't remember that other one. But Scott Koblish, on the other hand, absolutely uh, tearing it apart. You know, yeah. uh, and sort of drawing all this insanity, and I think he did his job, you know, very commendably, but it just wasn't much to it. Yeah, I mean, he had to do a lot of big action sequences, over the top violence, yeah. and over the top looking character. I mean, the characters are all sort of unrealistically drawn, unrealistically proportioned, unrealistically, and it's almost like a '90s comic, the anatomy. But that's all on, on purpose. Yep. Yes, and he does that really well. You can go to any random page here, and there's just something over the top happening, and. I never had a problem with the storytelling or the characters no. in that sense. No, all that was done really well. So, The Secret History of the War on Weed ratings out of five. One and a half? Two and a half. All of those go to Scott Koblish. Okay. It's funny. I, I was scrolling to the end and I got to the, you know, the, the house ads and I saw The Dark Room, a new book from Jerry Duggan, and I did a double take because I thought it was your Dark Beach book. <laughs> nope. I was like, wait, what? Oh different book yeah and then there was like and i saw the ad for dead eyes and i was like all right that that was really good so that's unfortunate patreon.com slash fanboy thanks for voting for the patron pick scotch mctiernan will return by the way so are you <laughs> sticking with it no what if uh greg smallwood draws it <laughs> yeah so if you're a patron at the five dollar hour level get the superpower live on the show we bestow it upon you we anoint you with this power like these two gentlemen so David Newton mm-hmm. can. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> I was still looking at the last book, just like, uh, and then I was like, oh no. <laughs> it's my turn. Crash your word. I did. David Newton can make anybody sober instantly. Ooh. He can wave the hand and remove all elements of intoxication 
mm-hmm. of any kind and bring you back to 100% stock sober. Wow. Instantly. Can he do it for himself or just other people? He can do it for himself. Yeah, he can. Mm. So he can go out, have a night, you know, do that, uh, wave his hand, and it's over. Sure. However. Good power. He removes the intoxication, but he doesn't necessarily, uh, it doesn't remove the intoxicant. So you could still be subject to like a hangover or addiction or something like that. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Sobering up, though, is good. Oh, sure. I mean, there's all sorts of benefits to that. Get rid of the spins. Oh, my God. I haven't had those in years. Spins are basically the only effect I have of being drunk. I'm like, I don't like this. The spinning room? Oh, my God. I don't like the spinning. Edward Bird can summon any object within his sight to him. But within his sight. Right. You know, a layman, someone not in the know might mistake this for having the force. It's not exactly that. Like, for instance, I'm looking across my room and I can see a, a, a remote control. I can summon that to my hand or a cup that's over there. I can summon that cup. It has to be something that he could actually lift himself. He couldn't summon, like, a car. Right. Could he summon the car but just wouldn't be able to catch it when it came in? No, no he just he can't summon it. He can't pull it. A baby he could summon, but maybe not a full-size person. Right. You know, any object in which Edward could already lift and hold, he can summon immediately to his hand. It, it flies across the room. Does he have to utter an incantation of some kind? No, just... just <laughs> as long as he can see it. It's like Nightcrawler. As long as yeah. he can see it. So, you know, depending on how good his eyesight is, it could be from quite a distance. Hmm. Well, I'm all right with that. That's, that's a summoner. It's kind of useful, but not really game-changing. I was just like, I need that thing over there. Like, if he was assaulted... Like, mm-hmm. if there was a fight, then he could, you know... Like, you know when it's they're, they're trying to weapon. reach the gun in the fight? Yeah. You know, uh, he, he's got... It's game over on that one. He'd be great in those, like, Black Friday sale stampedes. <gasps> oh, that's good. That's real good. That's nice. Patreon.com slash fanboy. That's where you can get a superpower live on the show. Like Edward and David, thanks for being patrons. They give it the $5 high level. Thank you for joining. I think we owe the audience at least one question for the nonsense they've had to put up with for the last hour plus. I mean... You call it nonsense. <laughs> Pete Pete D wrote in and says, Earlier this week, I watched the iFanboy video show about the Marvel and DC crossovers, and it got me thinking about the recent Busiek Perez JLA Avengers crossover re-release, which was intended to raise money for George Perez and his family. I was curious to know if you had any thoughts about the, in my opinion, bizarre strategy that was used to publish it. As I understand that only 7,000 copies are printed, and it's not being made available digitally. If the goal was to raise as much money as possible, why didn't they publish it far and wide? The real money seems to be made, being made by scalpers who managed to get their hands on the book at retail for twenty nine ninety nine and are now selling it for $200 plus on various online outlets. If I may put my tinfoil hat on, did the publishers kneecap this initiative in an attempt to protect their IP? I've been thinking about this question for exactly 72 hours. We should also mention that was a nice tribute to him in the Avengers comic this week. Yes. Which I thought, at first I thought, oh, he's not dead yet. But then I thought, well, he gets to see it and it's nice. And then I saw online that he said... That he did see it, he did. He was touched by it. So, um, it's this weird sort of slow motion funeral that's been happening. Yes, for a guy who totally deserves it. Seemingly one of the best guys in comics ever. So, Pete, take the tinfoil hat off. Comic fans love the tinfoil hat. They immediately go for the tinfoil hat. It's the first move. There's always a conspiracy afoot. So, the reason why the run was so small was because, and Josh can speak to all the problems that are happening in print at the moment. Yeah. It was the largest print run they could possibly do in time, and this is horrible to say out loud, 
in time for George to see it. And that was their most important criteria was they wanted him to be able to hold the book and see it. Even though he's seen it, this is a new book. And Josh will say why that was, but it was literally the largest print run they could get in time for him to, for, to, him to hold it in his hands. And that's why it was only 7000 In the book printing world right now, there's a couple of things happening. The cost of every single thing is going up, paper, labor, machine, you know, all the stuff. And then it's harder and harder to find enough paper. And so one thing that's happening is that printers and publishers are buying up as much as they can ahead of time, including printer bandwidth. And so there's not, you would be surprised that there's not really that many U.S.-based offset printers, U.S., North America-based. If they'd done it overseas, they wouldn't get the book in time. So they had to do it here, and there isn't a bunch of bandwidth. I know of a couple of offset printers, which is a way of printing. It's an older way of printing. It's a way of printing more books at a lower cost per unit. So when you're doing 7,000, it gets a lot cheaper, as opposed to digital printing, which never gets cheaper. Whatever. But they're all booked. They're booked through the end of the year. It is hard to get those jobs done at anything that would be close to cost-effective right now. That's why. The scalpers? That sucks. I know some people work in publishing and they're like fucked. Yep. Trying to allocate who gets to print runs, you know, and you've got to allocate much further in advance. Like it's all fucked. The entire process mm-hmm. of printing books is fucked right now. And that's um, for various reasons, supply chain issues and this pandemic. And it- I would go short of it's fucked, but it's very challenging. I mean, the good news is. People are trying to print books. The presses are busy. Yeah. You know, like there's not sure. a shortage yeah. of things, but they're worried that there might be, so they're getting ahead of it. So it's creating an, log jam. an artificial demand. But you know, the, yeah, a logjam. Like we all would have loved if they had printed fifty thousand copies of this book, but then he never would have seen it. Yeah, which is unfortunate. I mean, they did, they were raising money, but also they wanted it to for him, and he wanted to have it. Mm-hmm. So this is literally the best they could do. And the other side of the coin is. The lawyers do get involved, and Marvel and DC don't get along. And so the fact that this came out at all was a miracle. But they didn't kneecap it because of that. It's just that they don't like each other, so they don't want to help each other make money. And I would be shocked if there's a reprint after this. So There won't be. They said that already. Yeah. Just because they don't get along. But that's how a tinfoil hat thing. They didn't do it on purpose. The, the reprint was small because of the publishing problems. Mm-hmm. And scal- scalpers going to scalp. Scalpers are going to scalp, and there's nothing you can do about the secondary market. Just it is what it is. And I got one. I showed it off on the Patreon hangout. I just it was a miracle that I got one. Zach W says, "I've been thinking about this since a few minutes ago when I finished Nightwing. If you had to be carried by the Flash, piggyback or cradle? Does it change depending on the Flash? Jay Garrick cradling you at super speed would probably feel kind of nice. And I think Zach is right about that. I, I'd want Jay Garrick to cradle me." Mm-hmm. Um, piggyback. The piggyback is awfully awkward. Like, there's a certain point, even when your kids are little, mm-hmm. but then there's a certain point where they're a little bigger, and it's just very difficult to hold on. If the guy's running, you can't do the leg wrap necessarily. Yeah, and I guess he could. He could. Hold you could wrap on. your legs around their their long torso. Sure, they're extremely long. You don't have to worry about kneeing them in the nuts. Right. So, <laughs> exactly. Not the heel. <laughs> But also, whenever my kids wrap their arms around me, they, they would always choke me. I'd be like, you're, I can't breathe. You have to. Right. So the cradle, I feel like the cradle is a more effective way of doing it. What about the fireman's carry? We don't talk about that. Well, that, that seems like the best way to go. Over the shoulder? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was one of them, wasn't it? In the, in the comic, the choices were piggyback yeah. or fireman? Yeah. Yeah. He didn't even I feel like piggyback gives you the illusion of more control because you're holding on. Like they're a horse you're riding. Right, and then the Flash has the arms free to, you know, 
pop a bad guy if you need be. Whereas if sure. they're holding you, they don't have the arms free. I tell you what, though, while he turns his head, he's going to spear you with that head thing. <laughs> right. Well, there's the he's danger of that. Is you, you lose can hold an eye. on to those? Yeah. Like the reins of a horse. <laughs> yeah, you just you should just. Per- they haven't even talked about like getting up on his shoulders. I think that's going to create all sorts of problems. <laughs> the, wind, the wind resistance of that is blowing oh, yeah, right off. No. Low branches. Well, if you get in the shoulders and hold on to those ear things. Oh yeah, you get you hit, you hit a lot of low branches. You come out of there with no hair. They need like a like a pack, like a like a ergo, like a baby, <laughs> like a large size superhero back harness. Like a, a baby that's Bjorn. Go. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the way to go. But he's right. If if it's Jay Garrick, I want him to hold me. Hold me tight, sure. Jay. Also, you can't that helmet does not allow a piggyback on Jay Garrick. No, 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 no. You're gonna lose How it. How does it stay on? It's like at a BC. Doesn't map. matter. It's magic. Contact.fanboy.com. That's you can write in like Zach and Pete. Thanks for writing in. Let's plug some stuff. So last month Josh had his Daniel Warren Johnson interview show, his talk split, his monthly talk split, which is unlocked by the patrons. There's bi monthly talk split, I'm sorry. And then we had our TV show game, Media Explode, which was taking the nation by storm. Did not expect people to enjoy it as much as they did. I had fun doing it, but I didn't know how it was going to be received. I was a little surprised, to be honest. That was fun. We had our part two of the TV show game that happened on our patron hangout, in which the patrons voted for who played the game the best, the winner of the game. And I think I won overall. I definitely didn't, but I knew I wasn't going to win, because that's... But it was fun. If you listen to the Media Explode... Uh, oh, you haven't. The TV show game was fun, and we're going to do part two at some point where we do the rest of the week, and I'm looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. I find myself thinking about it, Josh. Do you find yourself thinking about it? Uh, a little bit. A show will pop up, and I go, that'd be a good show. <laughs> I just, I find myself like, why can't I connect with people? That's what I <laughs> kept thinking. What is, what is wrong with that? I'm trying to be mainstream, and I can't. You're just not a man of the people. I'm not. Coming up this week is our Booksplode review show, which is the sister show to the Talksplode show, both of them unlocked by the patrons. And this week's Booksplode will be covering A Contract with God and Other Stories by Will Eisner, the classic original graphic novel. And I am halfway through it right now. I'm finished. I'll be ready for the record. I finished it ahead of time. You almost never do that. It's true. It's true. But I really wanted to get to the other book that I wanted to read, so I needed it out of the way. And once I started... (laughs) Once I started, it was pretty easy to finish. Not because yeah. it's short, but it is, but because I was compelled to finish. Because There's a lot to talk about. I'm looking forward yes, to there it. there is. Ryan will be joining us for that show. There'll be three of us talking about it. A Contract with God. So thanks for, I was going to say picking it, but you didn't pick it. We picked it. So thanks for listening when it comes out. <laughs> you can find all of our other shows at ifanbo.com as well as the archive of years of comic book writing from our, our talented expansive staff. You can find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out by following iFanboy on Twitter at iFanboy or Instagram at iFanboyComics or you can see Connor and I individually on Instagram at C.S. Kilpatrick and J.A. Flanagan. You can subscribe to our YouTube page at youtube.com slash iFanboy and keep up to date on the old video show re-uploads. Mm-hmm. Full-length shows are already there like we mentioned. So we're just down to the minis looking like July will be the wrap-up July time. will be done, yep. This past week, we have the pick of the week, Daredevil number 110. You remember anything about that issue, Connor? Finish the titles, and I'll tell you about these shows. Okay. And then Garth Ennis' Hellblazer. I remember that one. So these two minis were shot at the park near your house in Astoria. Okay. I can see, Yep, I can see the shot. We went to the park with a camera and a satchel full of Hellblazer trades. I remember this. And we shot you on a bench talking about Hellblazer and me in front of the water talking about Daredevil 110. And the audio was pretty terrible because we had a shotgun mic in right. the outside. 
and that would have been the Hellgate Bridge. So yeah, should have gone. I don't remember the issue. I don't. I mean, would have been Brubaker, yeah. Brubaker, Bendis. I don't know. Brubaker, probably. I will say that Lindsay and I watched the boat one, the boat one, Mm -hmm. and I did not remember that there was like two straight minutes of me trying to start that boat and i had i thought it was a straight cut and i looked and i was like oh i edited it to have all these jump cuts and i i thought it was very very funny Lindsay, was i funny. laughed a lot yeah no i was like oh i'm still i'm still going you're gonna dislocate a shoulder i'm gonna break my mom's boat now i'm looking at him like i bet you had the choke off <laughs> that's the problem right there so the minis are fun, and they, there's some good ones coming up, including my two favorite ones that are coming up at some point soon. So if you like those shows or this show or any show, please consider writing a review or leaving a star rating wherever you listen to podcasts, whatever aggregator you use, Apple Podcasts being the main one. We appreciate anyone who does that. It does help people find the show. It helps the algorithm feed the beast, and we do thank everyone who does that. Even better, that's word of mouth. If people ask about podcasts, let them know. You listen to our fanboy. We, we definitely appreciate that. Even if they're bewildered by it, just tell them anyway. That's just what happens. This is what happens when I have about four hours of sleep for the last two nights. Mm-hmm. I'm all over the place. I'm out of it. I'm tired. There's a couple of times where I was like, I'm going to fall asleep. A couple of other times where I was really energized. This is just the show that happens when I've just had no sleep. It like It makes me feel good when I am not the one who's lost. <laughs> just I'm sometimes. out of it. Not always. Like, that's kind of my job most of the time. But now we get to, it's like, you know, we get to reverse roles a little bit. It's fun. Yeah. It's good for me. But we talk about balls a lot more than normal, too. So, exactly. Normally, I might, have, might not have been to, into the ball talk, but this is where you, where you get with an addled mind. <laughs> <laughs> Just balls. All right. That's this week's show. I'm Connor. I'm Josh. You know what I almost said out loud for no reason that I could explain? Balls. Happy birthday, <laughs> Danny. Huh. Such a good show. That was a show with a lot of balls in it. And a lot of balls. You're fine. So kind. Got to tell this world that you might, 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 might. That you might have killed since I quit on my thumb. We'll never support a show as fun. This, this great, 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 great balls of fire. fire.